Hello and welcome to SWAT Radio with Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. So happy you are listening today. I am Taylor Johnson, and if you would like to join our discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-SWAT. That's 1-844-777-7928. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. Today is Wednesday had the first two SWAT meetings today. I was in there for the second half of the second one. How'd they go today, Doug? Yeah, good, good. It was a good group of guys at the beach and here at lunch. And uh, so glad you're joining us today uh, on uh, SWAT radio. And uh, this week we continue in Acts 15, but uh, quite a few things still going on out in the world, especially uh, it seems like Zelensky is now speaking to the EU again or to Nate or to, uh, the United nations and man, that dude gets around. Doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. He does. I mean, he, that, he gets a lot of coverage. It's really amazing when you stop and think about it and you think about all the wars going on in the world. And, uh, what do you think that's from? I mean, have you, have you thought about it very much? Like, why do you think he's getting that much coverage? Yeah, I definitely think that there is a, a want to push away from COVID, push away from lockdowns, and then push on to the next thing, you know, kind of try to find a way um, to get, as far as talking about the administration, you know, find some sort of ground for them to get their some positive uh, feedback and, and polling data. Um, and I think because ah, we've been pushing pretty heavy towards war, so I think that's a there's a propaganda effort there um, in order to, stoke up the west to be in support of ukraine i'm not saying that we shouldn't or anything i just think that there's uh you know a real push to get the the right optics out yeah well um we need to remember praying for people um one of our friends uh we'll just call him charlie one of our friends is uh over there now uh doing a, a really a ministry work uh, of um, just compassion. So we need to pray for him, pray for angels to be around him as he's over there doing what he's doing because um, he is in country. And it's really a, not a great place to be right now. You know, you see, yeah. sometimes you see on the news, whether it's in uh, Western Ukraine or, or maybe in Kiev, um, and you hear these reporters or you see them, and, you know, life just kind of seems to be going on like normal in the background, even though it's in Ukraine. But they're still at risk wherever they are over there in that country because it's not over. They're still in a war. And so uh, continue to pray for our believers, brothers and sisters over there. Pray for the many organizations. I know uh, the Church of 1122 has sent people over to Poland mm. to do some ministry work. So remember them as well as other workers who were over there help ministering to the refugees um other things going on in the news we generally take the first 15 minutes kind of talk about what's happening um i guess you'd say it's big uh there was this guy who used to play golf who uh had an accident that i didn't realize this but he almost had lost his leg did you know that no i didn't know no yeah they almost had to amputate his right leg 
That would have been crazy. Yeah. And so, uh, anyway, um, that was what, a little over a year ago, maybe 14 months ago. Mm -hmm. And he's going to be playing in the masters apparently this weekend, which is a big golf tournament. You know, we just had the TPC here recently and, uh, the masters is just a huge event. And it's hard to get to, hard to get up there to, to go see it. But Tiger Woods is going to be playing. And uh, it's just amazing to think he's 46 years old. And uh, there's only been two players in the last 50 years that were his age or older that have won a major title. Really? Do you know who did it say who they are? Uh, no. The, the, the average age for a major golf champion is how old do you think 33 32 Mm. pretty close yeah 32 so um so i thought i thought that was interesting also there was an article in the atlantic i know one of your favorite (laughs) uh, periodicals anyway there was a writer who wrote an article about a trend in american culture um and uh Basically, it was dealing with how we have a religion of work. Hmm. In other words, uh, we get our sense of purpose from what we do, not who we are. Not the fact that God created us. It's the kind of work we do. And uh, it's really interesting that uh, it was written by a lady named Carolyn Chen, and uh, all these people are bolting out of the church, you know, mm. and they're getting their identification by what they do, which typically men do that anyway. We tend to be identified by what we do. We get our identity there, even though we shouldn't. Um, in fact, in First John, it says that we should not do that. We should not be, uh, you know, getting our identity from that. But. It, was she coming at it from a Christian perspective, or was she? Um, no, she was just saying that um, she said at a time when religious affiliation rates are the lowest, we worship work. But in other words, because we're not worshiping in a church, people are worshiping. Well, you just said it was from the Atlantic, so I was uh, well, <laughs> I was assuming they were trying to say we should be more like Europe and uh, work less. Or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's something to be said for a, a Puritan work ethic. Uh, as they Well, call I don't it, think but... she's a believer, yeah. obviously. She made a statement that houses of worship don't only need to be religious ones. So, oh, I yeah. mean, that would lead you to believe yeah. that she's not a believer. I think there's something to be said for hard work and good, honest work, um, for sure. And I think that in our culture, that's something that people shy away from. But it, yeah. can't, it can't be your identity. Well, uh, you, know, you, you know, you. I've talked to your father about this. A lot of guys who played in the league in mm-hmm. the NFL get their identity from that. And mm-hmm. then when they leave, they don't know what to do. Yeah. They don't know how to deal with life where they're not out on a football field. Mm-hmm. Because their identity was so tied up in that. And it doesn't just mean that. It can mean anything. You can be a doctor. You can be... Whatever. I think military guys probably experience mm-hmm. that quite a bit, too. I yeah. Mean. But the Bible doesn't define us by what we do. Um, you know, um, our identity is in the fact that we are his. We're his children. And uh, we're new creations according to what Paul said in Corinthians. And so 
uh, doesn't mean that we shouldn't work and, and be involved in that. But um, our our meaning in life comes from God, not from what we do. If we look to what we do as being our source of identity, I mean, it doesn't matter what you do. At some point, you're not going to do it one day, right? Yeah. I mean, we, we all get to the point where we, we, we move beyond what we can actually physically do. Um, you know, if, if, if you just stop and think about how much work fills that void of identity in your life, it's, if, if that is the thing you're drawing most of your identity from, you might need to step back and kind of reevaluate, you know, why, why is that? Is it because I just feel good when I do this? Um, and it affects people in the church who are ministers as well as anybody else. I mean. Um, yeah, and I think, like, it's it's okay to enjoy your work and to and, and to be good at it and be excellent. But if you're not uh, bringing that under the authority of Christ, right, then it's becoming an idol for you. And, and so you should be thinking about work, about how am I in my job, uh, advancing the kingdom, how am I being uh, a servant to the Most High, um, and really try to bring your faith into the job because, you know, your faith, what you believe in, your status as uh, a Christian uh, should be paramount, and that should uh, affect everything that you do. Well, I've seen it, like uh, our good friend Rich Griffith, who's been on here before, Rich played for, I think, nine years in the NFL, and he made a very good transition out of the NFL because his identity wasn't tied up in being an NFL football player. Mm. Even though he got to do that, it wasn't tied up in that. That's not what made Rich who he is. And for a lot of guys who are living out that dream, who, who get to do that, they have a hard time walking away because it is who they are. Yeah. And, and, and they, they have a hard time not being known for that. And so they go do other jobs, whatever that job is. And the identity is not valuable to them because it, it doesn't seem to be valuable in the world in which they live. Mm. But if your identity's in Christ, if you know, Hey, I'm his, I'm valuable because I'm his wherever I'm at. Then what you do is a place where you live out your purpose of serving him. That's our purpose. It's to serve him. He says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And so our purpose is to follow him. Um, but we get sidetracked and the enemy is good at that. He'll come in and, and sidetrack us and get us kind of focused on, yeah, this feels good over here. It's nothing wrong with enjoying your work. But if that's where you get your identity, it's misplaced. And like you said, it can become an idol real quick. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's, I don't know, I think that's probably a temptation for a lot of people. And I think that, you know, from the pulpit, you're not really hearing a lot about how um, work and, and your faith go together in a lot of ways. And so I think that's maybe something that we uh, should be focused on and how we work to the glory of God. Well, most of the people in the world have that view that they are defined by their work, mm. but we're supposed to be different. Yeah. We're supposed to project to people that, you know, there's a different way of doing things. If you're, 
uh, a believer and follower of Jesus. So anyway. All right. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more after the break. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. SWAT Radio is brought to you in part by Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. is a full-service sales door and window installation company. Both of the owners are licensed contractors and are involved in the daily operations of the company. All of their trucks are company-owned and fully equipped. Their mission is to provide Jacksonville and the surrounding area with door and window replacement services. To learn more, call 904-701-3667. That's 904-701-DOOR. Or online at www.acedoor.com. All my hope. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors, Advancing Truth. And if you are just joining us, uh, we were talking a little bit before the break um, about working to the glory of God and how we are more often than not defining ourselves by what we do and not by who we are uh, or our status with uh, as children of God. Um, so that's where we were at. And I think we're going to be getting into Acts chapter 15 verses 13 through 35, uh, but I did not ask Doug if he wanted to touch up some more on that before we get into it. Oh, so. no, that's okay. I uh, Yeah, we, we can get into that. I did want to say there were a couple of things that came out yesterday in the news that we didn't really talk about. Um, one, I don't know if you saw the Black Lives Matter organization. There was a picture of them in a $6 million home that they had bought. Did you see that? Oh, they bought more than one. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I know. But um, basically, they the, the Black Lives Matter organization people promote a pro-LGBTQ agenda. Yeah, anti-family. As well as, as well, anti-family. They pretty anti-black much just said, men. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they, they don't care about black people. They care about building their own power base mm-hmm. and – they basically justified buying that six million dollar house to have people to put up videos and and come mm. do creative arts. <laughs> I mean, really. I, I mean, like when uh, it's just really sad when you see that. Uh, oh, so anyway, um, I, I, it, it's just you know they they have been pushing the critical race theory. And the gender, queer, all that stuff is tied in with that. And we said that early on. You remember we were talking about that, and it got swept up into people would say, you're racist if you're you're not supporting it. But 
there is a difference between the Black Lives Matter organization and people that really care about um, black-on-black crime or or even injustice, if it's out there where it is, because uh, there is injustice in places. There's no question mm-hmm. about that. And so, um, but it, it's just, I thought it was interesting. But if your answer they, for injustice is to dismantle the whole society yeah, yeah. and bring in a communist one, uh, yeah, no. I, I'm not going to partner with you. No, I, I agree. And that, yeah. that was all, uh, that was a straw man anyway. It was just, uh, it was all a cover mm-hmm. to raise money. And, and they were celebrating in that, I don't know if you saw the photo, but the, the three leaders were like celebrating and i mean avowed marxists trained marxists by their own mouth um so yeah these are not people that uh really care about anything but their own you know aggrandizement and power yeah so um not surprising that that's how they're spending their money yeah especially when they've already bought a number of houses for themselves so (laughs) yeah yes so all that to say is uh anyway i would uh encourage you to really make sure before you donate money to any organization know what they're going to do with it mm-hmm. or know what accountability they have for it so um, um yeah we didn't talk about have you seen anything about um those five uh the abortion babies um in dc did you have you seen anything no about? i did not hear about that yeah uh, was so, that, did it just come out uh yeah i think yesterday or maybe the, uh over the weekend but yeah a um a abortion a girl, uh, anti-abortion girl, got arrested for protesting inside of an abortion clinic. But um, before that, she had got, or maybe after that, I don't know, I'm a little bit on the details. I don't have it up in front of me, but uh, got a box that was uh, outside of the abortion clinic that happened to have a bunch of babies in it. In this DC, is this in D? In DC, yeah, yeah. And so she got it from one of the the, the drivers, and the driver said, "What do you want it for?" And she said, "We want to give them." A proper burial. So then, uh, five of those five fetuses is what it says yeah. found in the home of anti-abortion activists. Is that the story? Yep. Uh, yeah. Which is a, a interesting way to frame that. But yeah, they called the police once they found that five of those of the of the babies in there were like could have been sustainable, like and had severe, you know, traumatic injuries to them. I mean, they have the pictures of them and stuff. Is really yeah. But you know what them. they charged her with? They arrested her and charged her with. Uh, violating the Freedom of Access to Clinic Entrances Act, mm-hmm. yeah, known as the Face Act. Yeah, because you can't uh, you can't get onto you know abortion mill property or inside it uh, in a, in an effort to stop people from getting abortions. So yeah, I think um, from what I read that she's part of a group that uh, they maybe have gotten arrested for that in the past in like 2020. But yeah, the just some of the they had pictures. I mean, these are baby like mm-hmm. look like babies and. Uh, it just, to me, it just made me pretty upset to, to see that and to realize we are allowing that to happen. Well, you, you sent me a thing about the law out in California they're looking at passing, and I've realized they've tried to walk it back some now. No, oh, the California, yeah, yeah. They have, because it basically could be interpreted to give people the right to, to kill a baby after the baby's born. Cause yeah. Yeah, so the the that was there was one in California and one in Colorado, and from what I'm hearing about the one in California, they it might have been kind of like a uh, from a friend of mine was telling me that it it was kind of in response to uh, Texas's gun laws to try to 
because they openly say infanticide in the bill. So yeah. whether it was like a political stunt to whatever, but the one in um, Colorado for sure says that you don't have any right to personhood, um, you know, no matter what stage you're at as while you're in uh, the womb. And then it also is like uh, it, it gives, like you said, you could read it that if a, a baby was aborted and or were trying to attempt to abort it and was born alive, then the doctor would have no uh, responsibility to to uh, give life-saving aid to that uh, to that baby. So, have you, have you noticed you haven't heard a whole lot about the abortion thing lately um, because we've all been pretty much distracted with uh, what's going on in Ukraine mm-hmm. and Russia, gas prices and everything mm-hmm. else. But the abortion business keeps booming still, and people are still trying to although states are starting to take stands um and um you know again thank goodness our governor is is a pro life governor and um um yeah, and the 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 move to uh you know abortion where it's headed is there's a lot of especially with covid a lot of telehealth stuff to where they're sending you know just abortion pills out and makes it um so even if you are able to pass laws to shut down clinics like in the future What's going to be a problem is like getting a telehealth from California or whatever and getting a pill sent to you here in Florida and, and uh, you know, killing your baby that way. And uh, that's a traumatic thing, obviously, for the baby, but for the mother then, too, to have that they don't really usually realize that they have to give birth to that. Then yeah, I think what's what's alarming to me, Taylor, is when we and again, I know we've kind of bled over, but this is um, <clears throat> I I. I went to that site that you sent me about this California bill and what, um, what people's responses, these are actual responses that people wrote to people that were pro-life responding to it, you know, sounds barbaric. This is one response, some guy named Daniel. Sounds barbaric, but honestly, what's the difference as long as it's not really conscious? That's fine with me. (laughs) So when you're asleep, it it, it gets better. (laughs) If it's disabled, it's better for everyone just to make a new one. And that's the mentality. That's the mentality of a death culture right there. Mm -hmm. That's the mentality of someone who doesn't value the image of God on a child. Um and he goes on to say, a disabled child can cost a few healthy children's lives. It yeah. doesn't take much effort to, ra- I mean, it takes a lot of effort to raise it. So the parents won't have time or money for more while you can just wait another nine months and give your first child a healthy body and have time and money for siblings. I mean, that that's just, but, th- but that mentality is out there. I mean, um, <laughs> I mean, it's just mind-blowing, right? Yeah. Um, What's terrible about that is, like, obviously no dignity in human life. And then, uh, you know, where do you draw the line? Like I said, if you're sleeping, does that mean that you're, um, you know, going to get be able to get killed but then it, the, those people well, what are, about my daughters yeah you yeah. know the, 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 there's a lot of people in other countries mm-hmm. who said they've wiped out down syndrome yeah. because they terminate them in the womb and but you know what's disingenuous about a lot of arguments like that and a lot of arguments that are about like 
I'll say, well, oh, you, then you're pro-rape or pro-incest or whatever. If you say to them, okay, let's take out, you know, rape and incest. Are you willing to get rid of all other abortions or, you know, uh, for a quote-unquote defect? And no, they'll still say, no, 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 you should be able to kill your baby whenever you want, however you want to. And if you look at the numbers of babies that are killed, most of them are perfectly healthy children who would have, you know, lived, would have been come to full term and had a life, and we're just killing them. And so these these things that are made up talking points of, oh, you know, a baby has an issue or rape and incest, those are a very small minority of the overall abortions that are getting, uh, you know, that are taking place. And so to to bring them up is, in my mind, disingenuous and, uh, you know, trying to play on emotional strings instead of looking at the dignity and value of every human life, regardless of how they were created or what handicaps they might have. Hmm. Well, um, it, it's just, to me, it's a sad place, but it's where our country has gone because we've walked away from godly values and we've walked away from letting uh, his word be a very, very important part of the American culture. Mm-hmm. I mean, for years and years it was. Even even if you weren't a believer, you believed in godly values. Yep. Uh, and so that's it's just a... I play. Hey, I know we got to go to break, and then we're going to come back and get back into Acts 15. But did you by chance see the video of our president oh. in the White House? Yeah, where everybody was ignoring yeah. him mm-hmm. twice, two different. It was occasions. the saddest. Mm-hmm. It, I felt sad. I yeah. really, I felt pity for our president because mm-hmm. it, it's wrong. Yeah. It, it was bad it, it's just it did it make you feel pity for him too oh anytime pretty much i see him talk or anything it makes me feel pity because it's just oh it like he's clearly not there and how the people around him feel about him was shown in those two videos it, it really was it, it's a really really sad day when the, yeah. so you, what used to be the most powerful position in the world has been reduced to a puppet pretty yeah. much so it's it's sad. We need to pray for our leaders in our mm-hmm. country because we're in a we're in a rough spot. That is for sure. All right, we are up against the news break, so stick with us. We'll be back with more after the news. Before we go, we'd like to give a special thanks to our sponsors, A Store and Window, as well as a special thanks to our sponsors, Tom Neal Trucking, and a special thanks to our sponsor, Jeff Andrews of Highway to Eternity Ministries. If you would like to sponsor the program, please email us at Doug at SWATradio.com. That's Doug, D-O-U-G, at SWATradio.com. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more after the news. SWAT Radio. That is Give Me Your Eyes by Brandon Heath. If you are just joining us this week, we've been looking at Acts chapter 15, verses 13 through 35. If you missed any of this uh, discussion about this, or if you missed uh, what we talked about last week, uh, 
beginning uh, chapter 15 in Acts. Excuse me, I messed that up a little bit. When we looked at Acts 1, uh, 15, verses 1 through 12, uh, you can go to www.swatradio.com. Click on the Past Programs link. There you'll be able to find our full catalog of programs, including this one in just about an hour or so. Again, that is the Past Programs link at www.swatradio.com. We've been looking at 15 specifically at this idea of adding works to the gospel. Uh, For us, most people today aren't trying to add circumcision to the gospel Mm. today or keeping the law, although for the Jewish people, keeping the law was their religion. It was their religious aspect of duty toward God. But today, it looks different. It might mean people saying you have to be baptized or people saying you have to go to the one church, a specific church, or people saying you have to have communion or any number of things. There's a lot of legalistic things that could be required today. In Acts 15, we see uh, Paul and Barnabas standing firm against false teachers when they tried to add law to grace. Remember, it's Jesus plus nothing. We also saw that when they were having this dispute with people, they sought wisdom from their faith community leaders. They went to people that were the guardians of the truth, right? Uh, And that's where they went. Then we saw also they stayed grounded in God's word. Peter relayed what God had told him to do and what he had done. And God ultimately is the one who determines how we serve him. He is our king. He is our deity, and we are the priest. We're the kingdom priest. And this week we've been focusing in 13 through 35 on what the council said. Remember, James, the half-brother of Jesus, is the leader of the council. He's the leader of that group. He, He comes across very clearly as the leader. When he stands up, he says, brothers, listen to me. And and then he relays what Simon said and kind of affirms it by quoting from Isaiah chapter um, uh, Isaiah chapter 8 or 9. I can't remember. Um, but he quotes from Isaiah chapter 8 or 9. Uh, I'm sorry, Amos, Amos, not Isaiah, Amos chapter 9, where he quotes what, what it says about rebuilding the tents of David. You read it yesterday and Monday. And he says, I'll rebuild the ruins. But what's interesting is he says that the remnant of mankind may seek the Lord and all the Gentiles who are called by my name, says the Lord, who makes these things known from of old. In other words, they were part of God's plan from the beginning, the Gentiles. So when God called them and redeemed them, he redeemed them apart from keeping the law. He redeemed them apart from uh, you know, being circumcised. And when they wrote that letter to the people up at Antioch, because that's where the controversy started, the people from Jerusalem went down to Antioch and stirred up things there. And so they, this council wrote a letter to them and said, hey, listen, all you got to do is don't eat meat sacrificed to idols. Don't eat meat that has the lifeblood in it. Don't eat meat that's been strangled and be sexually pure. Do it the Jewish way, which is really the biblical way, the God way of one man, one woman. 
be in that kind of marriage relationship. And so they said, if you do these things, you will be sensitive to your brothers around you that you're trying to reach. These things don't earn you salvation, but if you do these things, you'll be able to be more of a witness to people that you really are God's people. And I think, Taylor, a lot of times we forget that our actions are to authenticate that we really are his. It's not to make him love us more, but it's to authenticate that when we tell somebody the gospel message, they see a life that matches up to the life of Christ because he was led by God 24-7. And so he said, don't trouble those Gentiles, just do these things. And I, I don't know if I said this the other day, my friend Tommy says that we basically we want to see see life through the image of yield signs versus stop signs as it relates to being sensitive to our brothers. In mm-hmm. other words, it's not that you have to not eat meat sacrificed to our idol, not that you have to not eat meat that's strangled, not that you have to not eat meat um, that is uh, got the blood in it. But you choose not to. So we have to see when do we bend, when do we not bend as it relates to these issues. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I think it can be confusing for people as far as like when to bend, when not to bend, right? Because yeah. there's, there's some people who are saying that we should bend on issues that we definitely shouldn't bend on um, for the sake of unity. And so I think that's something that uh, – I would I th- I would think people are struggling with right now like in today's church, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because there's just so much there's just so much going on uh coming out of different churches from different perspectives that I, it would be confusing about okay, so what is uh what is a, an example of, you know, eating, you know, meat sacrificed to idols and what's an example of, you know, apostasy right i think there's a huge confusion on that where 20 years ago it was pretty obvious like we all were in agreement on what is is something that we don't bend on and now yeah it's people are making up their own minds about what how things should go well i think as we as we step back let's let's look at the ideas of legalism and defilement of the gospel or heresy with the gospel All right so, so legalism can be something as simple as taking something that's biblically true uh, but it may not be applicable to you mm. like where you are now uh, but we or or let's say it could be i'm i have a conviction let's say i have a convic- conviction not to drink alcohol you don't share that conviction. We're both brothers in the Lord. We both have freedom in the Lord. It doesn't prohibit us from doing that in the Bible. But if I come to you and I say, listen, if you drink that beer, and I've heard a pastor say that on the radio before, you drink that beer, you're going straight to hell. Well, you mm. don't go to hell for drinking a beer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So so he's attributing drinking alcohol as a basically a damnable sin, you know, something that condemns you to hell. 
Yeah, I, I'm saying like now people are going to be saying, well, you know, um, if you uh, are homosexual, I'm not a homosexual, but, you know, hey, love is love, and, uh, you know, we, we have freedom now in, in the gospel. So, you know, that should be something that we are just agree to disagree on. You know what I'm saying? So there, that's a pe- disingenuous people are going to take, uh, you know, the talking of Christian liberty, but then also of, you know, brotherhood and how we live together and use that to manipulate the church, especially the younger generation. Well, they will try. But remember when Paul wrote to the Romans, he says, you know, you're, this doesn't mean that you have grace to go be licentious, mm-hmm. you know? Oh, yeah. No, I agree with you 100%. I'm just saying that that's what people are doing. And um, you just got I'm just saying people got to watch out for that, you know, that there there is a a time to bend and a time not to bend. And so we have to understand the gospel and its fullness uh, in, in the Bible and its fullness to know what is something that we bend on and what is something that we, we break off ties with people for. Well, there, there's a few different ways to look at the whole term legalism or uh, if somebody's adding to a salvation message, that's heresy. If they're adding something that is required of you other than faith in Jesus Christ, that's heresy. But there are times that traditions of a church or of a particular sect um, that could incite heresy, I mean, if it... For instance, communion. Communion is a is something we're celebrated. We're commanded to celebrate. But you know, the idea behind um, communion is not to make people think that if they don't do that, they're not in relationship with God. Right. Uh, it's um, what about an unrepentant homosexual who's acting on their 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 desires oh well let's Are they that, that's a good question let's go to first john chapter three you go to first john three and read verse eight from eight to whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil for the devil has been sinning from the beginning the reason the son of god appeared was to destroy the works of the devil Keep reading. Read, read eight, 8 through 10. No one born of God makes a practice of sinning. Right, stop. What does that say now? No one born of God makes a practice of sinning. So you said, what if somebody is unrepentant and right. they continue? But I'm saying people, yeah, which this is a good verse for that. I'm, I was just trying to say people are going to say, oh, it's nothing but believing faith in Christ. But if you're. It is. But go on and read the rest of that verse. Yeah. For God's seed abides in him, and he cannot keep on sinning because he has been born of God. By this it is evident who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who does not love his brother. They're not talking about a Mm slip-up, a struggle. They're talking about a practice of unrepentant sin. So if you got a pastor who's saying stuff like those people, you know, that's the verse you go to to say, well, hey, it is on. first John. That's a great verse. First John three, eight. Um, 
But like I said, a lot of times pastors or individuals will force their personal convictions as a requirement for salvation. Mm-hmm. And that's wrong. That is that is that's heresy. You can't add to the gospel. Yep. All right. We are up against the break. We'll continue this when we get back. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more after the break. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts and truck rental and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. They say sometimes you win some, sometimes you lose some. Right now, right now, I'm losing bad. Stood on this stage night after night. That is Mercy Me with Even If. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. If you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts chapter 15, verses 13 through 35. Um, been talking about that all week. We're finishing up today. Um, with looking at this verse, we'll probably talk about it a little bit on Friday as well. Uh, tomorrow we should have a guest in. Um, if you would like to join and call in, excuse me, and join our discussion today, though, you can do so at one eight four four triple seven SWAT. That's one eight four four seven 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 nine two eight. Or you can email us at ask at swatradio dot com. That's ask a s k at swatradio dot com. You know, before we went to the break, Taylor, I was talking about different ways that legalism can appear in our culture Um, a lot of times it's a personal conviction you're okay (laughs) yeah um you know it might be like i've been in churches before where i've read the bible the text as i was teaching and i've had people come up to me and say you know you're wrong how can you be reading from any Bible other than the King James version <laughs> if you're a real believer? Yeah. I actually was just talking to somebody uh, at the SWAT meeting about that that very thing. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a conviction, mm-hmm. right? Uh, how can you um, let your kids go to a public school if you're really a believer? How can you um, believe it's okay to have guitars and a honky-tonk piano and uh, drums, you know, if you're a real believer. I mean, so you you can add a lot of things in our culture to it. These are convictions that they're not necessarily bad things. But when you make them a condition for salvation, 
Even baptism, which we're commanded to be baptized. Communion, we're commanded to do. Um, you know, you know, I kind of wonder, because there's, you know, some of these people that are, you kind of look at it like, okay, man, you're way off there on something that's silly, and, uh, you know, obviously you don't have a full grasp on the text in a lot of, a lot of areas, but sometimes people hit on uh, certain aspects of things that are important and take it to these crazy extremes, and since there's nobody, uh, you know, in leadership that's, like, able to take that and temper it and say, hey, okay, look, you, you might be right about um, this certain little thing, but it's not a gospel, you know, it, it doesn't equate to someone not being a Christian and able to synthesize that into a a, a stronger, more robust Christian uh, worldview. Uh, it leads people to, to fall away like this, because I, I think there's a lot of people you know, in uh, Christian uh, media or academia type circles who are soft on things that they should not be soft on. And so people see that and they get off on these crazy tangents because, well, I don't want to be like that. You know what I mean? Like, like I said, the, the whole movement about Christians who keep the law, mm-hmm. you know, that I think for a lot of people who are trying to be honest is like, okay, wait, I'm confused because the Bible, you know, uh, says some things about the law that okay, how does this all relate and until you get somebody who maybe has been preaching the word for 50 years or uh, has uh, investigated the issue to come in and say, okay, this is the different aspects of the law. This is uh, how they, you know, kind of what this meant and why it's good for certain, was good at a time for certain things, you know, what has been abolished and done away with because of Christ uh, spilling his blood, but them coming in and saying, oh, well, that makes a lot of sense, a lot of sense to me. But since there's not a lot of people doing that, <laughs> There is a, a growing group of people who are into this whole, you know, law keeping. I don't. I don't really remember what they call themselves. Christian community. You know what I'm saying. So I'm just saying that because, the, to me, in my thinking, the intellectual leaders um, and the faith leaders have been wanting to be soft on certain issues. Uh, it's led to people getting in, off into the weeds on these weird things because no one's shepherding the flock. Well, you know, if you if you look over in Paul's epistles when he wrote Galatians and Ephesians, I think in uh, all each one of those, or at least in three of the four, he makes the statement. Uh, I know it's in Ephesians four, but it's in the other books too, where. He says, I urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called Mm -hmm. with all humility and gentleness and patience, bearing with one another in love. And so that's a call to holiness, to, to a life that's set apart. And like I said, he says that in other areas, too, or in Hebrews, um, you know, over in Hebrews, when it, it says, strive we are to strive for the holiness through which if we don't have it we won't see god so he's talking to believers in both these passages walk in a manner worthy of the faith strive for the holiness for which without no one will see god um so there's this element of post-salvation experience where we now are in the family that we we live as people different from the world Mm -hmm. and those standards are there for us. It's nothing wrong with having standards. It's understanding 
your relation to those standards in right. relation to God. Right. Yeah, it's keeping the standards doesn't do anything for you as far as salvation. It, keep, and it doesn't make God love you anymore. Yeah, exactly. You keep those standards, first off, because the Holy Spirit is indwelled in you and empowering you to do so, but because of what he's done for us and because of our love for him, we want to live out uh, our faith in that way, but it doesn't lead to our salvation. And um, Yeah, so I get yeah, But I, and there's people who take that to an extreme then. And because there's no one really coming around to, to shepherd about certain things, they'll they'll run with texts yeah. and say, "Oh, hey, we got to keep you know." I and I, I know I know people who got tassels on them, you know, because that's what the law says to do, right? And so, for me, that was a confusing thing. Okay, you know, it says the law will never be you know abolished until the coming of the fulfillment of the age, and then it says you know the the, the law is only there to condemn. You know what I mean? There's there's a lot of things that I think. You know, people who are smart can come in and twist things up and make you think, oh, I got to actually be doing all this other stuff. And people are. Well, they they were commanded. They had ritual law. They had ceremonial law. Yeah. They had civic law that were Mm -hmm. all tied in. And so they were. They were commanded to wear tassels. You Mm -hmm. know why? To remind them. uh, By the way, if you look on my bag, I have a tassel, right? Yeah. It's called a zit zit. There's five knots. Why do you think there's five knots on it? Or the Pentateuch? Yeah. How many books of the law? There's five. Yeah. So it was to remind them that walking with God is not easy. Those things would be careful. You, you, I mean, you have to be careful with those seat seats when you're walking. They could get under your feet. You could trip. So it was just a reminder to have them there when they saw that, that, yes, they can't just go running off somewhere. Yeah, and, you know, like you're talking about the different functions of the law and how, you know, uh, you know, the sacrificial law obviously is complete. Then there's some laws that are for um, Israel, were for Israel at the time. And, and I think people look at that and see, you know, things that, you know, for Israel at the time bound them as a community and feel, you know, disconnected from, you know, the church culture as a whole and want to graft into something like that. And I think that's how they get led astray into thinking they got to keep every letter of the law. Mm. Um, you know, um, there was a guy one time who says that legalism basically says God will love us if I do this mm. or that. That's what legalism is. God will accept me if I do this or that. Whereas the gospel says God changes this about me because he loves us. And you see the difference Mm -hmm. between those two statements. Um, God changes our hearts, and we can't add our rules to the gospel as being a requirement. I I think it's easy for us to go into the legalism role uh, when we think of making my convictions your, mm-hmm. your your law, yeah, that's where we have to be careful. Yeah, because you and I are different people, and we are led not by the law anymore. Doesn't mean we don't keep the law morally, the moral law, but we the the reason we uh, honor the law 
is because it's what God said. And Jesus said, go teach the world, baptize, make disciples, teach them to obey what? All that I've commanded. Mm-hmm. And what did he say? He said, love your neighbor, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. So that pretty much sums it up, right? Yeah, and I like what you said that about your making your personal convictions someone else's law. I think there's that that is something that uh, people have to watch out for. And I think there's also, uh, you know, what I'm saying is coming up new, especially for these younger generations, is making God's law your personal conviction. You know what I'm saying? And, and to, as a way to excuse people in the church uh, to to sin in ways that are, uh, you know, abomination to God. And so there are two ends of the spectrum that we got to be on guard for and, you know, walk in the, the ancient path instead of, you know, falling off into either of those ditches. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. We, well, we, we, we just have to be very guarded against making our conviction somebody else's theology. Mm-hmm. But we don't have the right to do that. They're led by the spirit. And Romans, uh, we, we said this, uh, Romans, um, Romans deals with that. Romans 14 and 1 Corinthians 8 deals with this. And uh, I think I shared this about Jesus. You know, when, when they asked Peter, hey, does your master pay the tax? And, and Peter said, yes. Jesus basically instructed Peter, Peter, I don't have to pay the tax. I'm, I'm the king. I'm the son of God. I don't pay the tax. But so that they won't be offended, go throw your hook in and you'll catch a fish and then go pay our tax. Peter said he did. So in order not to offend, Jesus allowed that miracle to produce the fish because that's we, we ought to be sensitive to those around us and not just use our freedom to uh, to create barriers where we can't share the gospel. That's really what, that's why they gave them those restrictions. So, All right, awesome. That's all the time we've got for today. You've been listening to SWAT Radio. If you missed any of this program or would like to listen to past programs, please visit us at www.swatradio.com. That's www.swatradio.com. Or you can listen to our podcast by searching SWAT Radio. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you you next time. If you missed the SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT Radio is strengthening spiritual